North-South Connection. Welcome back to the Temple, and welcome back to Linking Up Luchas. I'm your host, Logan Croslin, and I would like to welcome you back uh, tonight, and we will continue to look at the characters, matches, and drama that Lucha Underground has to offer. Let me now bring in my co-host for the night, Sean Kidd. How you doing, Sean? Logan, uh, I feel like I'm having deja vu, like we've been here before. Uh, hello, it's Maybe. been a bit. Yeah. It's been a little while, not as long as uh, most people would think, but anyway... Um, <laughs> It's good to be here tonight to get back into Lucha. I've had to cram a little bit because I, was I wasn't I was on the last episode I was supposed to be on. And obviously Scott's not here tonight um, for reasons. But uh, yeah. really good to be here. Uh, I love this pod. I love this show. Starting to see a little bit of cracks in the armor here for me a little bit. So I think we're going to get into that a lot tonight. So. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, it, yesterday it seemed like it had been two months, but uh, somehow it feels like yesterday just now. So uh, may, maybe we've talked uh, <laughs> more recently than we we may let on. Uh, but yes, kayfabe, kayfabe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but like he said, Schiff is not with us. He's dealing with some stuff in his personal life. Uh, so our thoughts are with him. Uh, we're looking out for him. We're thinking about him all the time. So uh, miss him tonight. Uh, hope he will be back with us soon. But uh, we will respect the fact that uh, he took a little break for just now but um tonight we will be talking about the uh episodes from march 11th 2015 and march 18th 2015 uh which is going to be episode 18 and 19 overall um but you mentioned that you hadn't been here in a while um so what have you thought about what we've discussed in the meantime uh, okay so let me run the gamut uh the rick storyline with the baldies i hate the baldies um <laughs> i think what i hate about the rick storyline more than anything is that they've brought um, sexy star into it um, and you're supposed to like suspend a lot of disbelief if you're wanting females viewed in equal ground when you have sexy star take it on big Rick like it's just not going to happen um, and honestly I think I know you said that sexy star is kind of a big deal for Lucha Underground at least you did when we started this pod uh, mm -hmm. before but she I think they really one, yeah. but I think they've really done a really shitty job booking her mm -hmm. uh, up to this point and I'm going to point that out a little bit in a match with um, another female that I feel like they've actually done a better job with booking. Um, but yeah, sexy star for me is not, I, again, she doesn't need to be in that storyline and she doesn't need to be getting her ass handed to her by a guy who's probably 300 more pounds than her. I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, I still love five star cage, even though he's not really five star cage, but I'm going to refer him as five star cage because, um, <laughs> the last time I was on, I went all out on a limb with the match and I don't know what it is. I was on, I don't know if it's five star, but something got into me that night where I really enjoyed it, but overall I have enjoyed what they've done with the cage a lot, quite a bit. Um, I mean, what else do I have to say about Muertes, Katrina, and Phoenix? Um, I am here for them. And uh, they could lick my belly. Uh, they could, I mean, I just, I can't say enough about Katrina. And um, the stuff tonight uh, just confirms that like Katrina for me is all kinds of freaking hot for so many reasons. Um, we'll see um, the Alberto stuff. Um, I know we haven't seen all of it come to life yet, um, but I don't like the fact that they brought Tejano in. I don't really need Tejano here. Um, I want to see what they do with Alberto. He's the big star, but I feel like Tejano bringing him in was kind of a, I don't know if that was a favorite Alberto. That's something they're really trying to do, or that's just get the AAA title on the show. Um, on your last episode, I agreed with Jenny about Puma uh, needs to quit being a mute. Um, start talking to, for himself, um, this Conan stuff really hit a certain uh, point of thing for me tonight uh, when we talk about it. Um, 
And then last but not least, I'm okay with Drago Aristar. Um, I think they had a really good match on episode 16, um, but feels like it's a bit of a step down for Drago from his feud with Cuerno. Um, and I guess it was a big win for Aristar, but it feels like Drago's taking a demotion because Aristar, as far as I know, for the most part of what I watch has been a jobber. And now all of a sudden we're going to put them in this best of five series because uh, Cueto was not satisfied. He needed to see more. So I don't know. We'll see where that plays out. I don't know. Um, yeah. And then uh, last but not least uh, with Cuerno, I actually like the simplicity of why Cuerno is targeting Mundo because I guess Mundo pinned him in the Aztec warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it was weird. Like has Cuerno ever wore a cowboy hat before? Like he was in the office of Cueto when he was talking to him uh, at the beginning of the show where they were doing a recap. Uh, no, no, he hasn't worn it to this point. That would be the first time. And then he had the, like, uh, the very Texas, like a cowboy looking shirt on as well. Yeah. So, so I'm going to make a reference to that later on tonight. in one of the little <laughs> vignettes that they play out. And so yeah. that's it. Penna killing. Everybody's great. Um, and then last but not least, uh, the son of Havoc cuck story kind of mad, but Ivelisse is fucking smoking hot. There we go. So there we go. Yeah, lot, lots of thoughts. Um, yeah, I've been gone uh, a while, so I had to get it all out. <laughs> no, no, yeah, and I definitely agree with uh, most of what you've said. Uh, like you said, that they are they are slipping in some areas. With the Arrow Star Drago thing, I think it's more that they kind of know that those two guys can put on good matches, so they might as well throw them in this little series to have them give oh, them Oh, the matches really. are going to be great, but I like, yeah. for me, like I love I get Drago. You, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then Matt <laughs> Stryker makes a reference. Anyway, I go on. This is go. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we will move on from that to episode 18. Uh, we open with a recap package of Pentagon's raging of breaking all the arms. Uh, we get some uh, highlights of the Ivelisse, uh, Son of Havoc, and Helico rivalry, plus Cuerno and Mundo's previous match and brawl around the temple. Um, we get our female performer singing us in once again. Uh, Vamp and Stryker talk about Alberto's debut last week and the cage match coming on later tonight. Uh, then we go into our first match, which is Pentagon Jr. versus Argenis. Um, the ref in this match is wearing one glove on his right hand. Apparently, he injured it, but I made the joke that he was trying to look like Michael Jackson. So um, there is that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we uh, opened the match with a rare lockup. Uh, I feel like they've started doing that a lot more often than like going straight in for a kick or something, but they kind of lock up uh, to start off with. Uh, Arhenis starts with his signature kick to the taint. He kind of just throws him over and then kicks him in the ass. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, Pentagon shows off his strength uh, catching Arhenis on a moonsault, but Arhenis reverses it into a tornado DDT. Arhenis then does a springboard moonsault uh, to the outside onto Penta. Um, the two then uh, have a reversible exchange that ends up with both of them on the top rope where Arhenis scores with a top rope Hurricane Rana. Arhenis then goes for a back handspring elbow, but before he can even complete the front flip into the ropes, uh, he gets nailed with a shotgun dropkick from Pentagon. Um, big loud chops as always. Uh, gross body slam into the turnbuckles by Penta. Uh, they well, It was like Pent- a press, it was a press slam, which yeah, is really cool. Yeah, he really kills him, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he then does like an inverted uh, Death Valley driver into the turnbuckle, kind of leaves him langing, lang- hanging there, uh, and then nails a drop kick there as well. Uh, clothesline on the apron and a tope by Penta. Back in, hits package pile driver, and then locks in the arm submission for the win. And as per usual, after the bell, snaps the arm, grabs the mic, and says no one can stop him because he has Seto Miedo. So, uh, Sean, what would you think of this one? 
okay, so I don't, I'm not that familiar with Arhenis. Um, but anyway, so getting into this with uh, Penta, the, uh, Matt Stryker immediately out of the gate starts spotting off the body parts of arms uh, that <laughs> the other wrestlers, I mean, he literally just started clavicle and all, all these other all right. things, which gave me hives. Like, I can't stand Matt Stryker when he does that shit. Um, Arhenis has probably the most vanilla mask lucha attire I've ever seen. It's mm-hmm. literally just like, I feel like they found someone in the back that they put the white mask on and said, here, wear these red tights. Like, it was just very, like, if you think <laughs> about the costumes they've had on this show, this has probably got to be, like, one of the worst ones I've seen in a mass luchador on the show so far. Um, you brought mm-hmm. up this up. The Arhenna springboard off the ropes about with the Penna drop kick spot was really good. Uh, Penna's chops are awesome. The press slam into the corner. Um, the package pile driver, again, is an all-time move that they need to bring back. I know why they don't bring back, because they'll kill people. Um, <laughs> but it's such a cool-looking move. Like it It's, like, been one of my favorite. Like, when uh, Owens used to do it, I used to love it. Um the Penta thing with the arm is absolutely great. Uh, I tried to make a joke here. We'll see. I put Arhenis is now Armamest. That's what we're calling him, Armamest. <laughs> uh, I thought that was a nice little kind of thing to throw in there. So anyway, stupid but funny. Um, I thought the match was a little spotty and botchy. Um, it was kind of, I mean, but it was also a nice little sprint. And like I said, the Penta stuff is great. But this one went too long to, for me to get, like, his arm broke. Like, Arhenis to me, again, I perceive him as like a lucha jobber. Mm-hmm. Um, and this match went like eight minutes, and the match should have gone eight minutes. He should have just gone in there, got his shit in. Uh, I mean, uh, Penta should have got his shit in, broke the arm, and move on. So your commentary actually made the match sound better than I actually booked it. I went two <laughs> and quarter stars on this because I thought it was too long and it's a little sloppy. So yeah, I'd, I'd probably go two and a half on it. Um, yeah, I think they just wanted to show that Penta could have like a, a somewhat competitive match. I feel like he still dominated a good bit. Um, you know, Arhanis got his spots in here and there, kind of controlled the uh, beginning of the match. Yeah, that's why I meant to say that. Like, it's at the beginning. I thought he got way too much offense in, at, really at the beginning. And I, I kind of agree. Arhanis's, uh luchador get-up is kind of uh, very bland. He is actually the uh, brother of uh, Sin Cara that was in. Uh, I did actually read that today because I didn't remember. Yeah. I actually looked up who he was, and I'm like, ah, oh, that makes sense because Sin Cara was kind of a jobber too, so. Yeah, I, I kind of forgot about that, but I read that the other day as well. And I, I when you said that, I was like, I, I'll I'll put that little factoid out there. But yeah, he's the brother of uh, Mystico, I think is what he's called on the on the uh, Indies at this point. Um, uh, gotcha. uh, before, obviously. Um, yep. But uh, after that, we go to the back. Uh, Katrina's with Phoenix. She says uh, he may be a man of a thousand lives, but Mill will not sleep until he's taken every one of them. Only mm-hmm. one thing he can do. And that is to bury him. Then she just kind of vanishes out of nowhere. Um, we then get another absolutely ridiculous package for Conan, um, <laughs> where he seems to be fashioning some type of weapon uh, out of his cane. His cane is going to be a weapon for oh, him. Oh, Logan, use. I have such a take on this video. I can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So one last uh, video package. We get Cuerno driving around in a beat up old pickup truck uh, <laughs> and it says the hunter has arrived so he has arrived for his big match tonight so sean what'd you think of these three uh back-to-back packages here all right so we're gonna go a lot of spectrums on these three these three were oh quick. gosh there was so much to talk about <laughs> katrina is so next level like i would use all thousands of my lives and have muertes kill me after i used all not all thousand of my lives on her um i would be so okay with that uh you know, here's what's interesting with this feud for me. It seems to be moving very, very fast. Like, 
the Puma Conan thing has been going on for like 18 episodes now. Um, but I don't really know if I really ultimately understand the why of the Phoenix feud and why Katrina wants Muertes buried all of a sudden. And I know where this like leads to because, um, spoiler alert, Sean watched the wrong episode for these pods and he already knows where this is going. Um, but <laughs> it feels like too soon to be going to where they're going because um, they haven't really been feuding that long. Um, and then, you know, I don't know. I And the other note I made is uh, I do like the feud, but it feels too soon to be going where they're going with it. Um, and I really don't know ultimately what the feud is about. And she, Katrina's just this, she's evil, man. Like she's, <laughs> she's evil. And Phoenix is your baby face. And maybe he's like this baby face that, like me, is enticed by the evil woman and would do anything he could to get all over her. Um, so maybe that's where they're going with it. I don't know. Um, but the women on this show have some issues because Evelise with the same with Havoc, like these women are ultimately controlling these men um, and are very complicated. So it's, I don't know, where I, I like some of the booking, like the booking I don't like with Sexy Star. I love what they're doing with uh, with, uh, with uh, Katrina and with Evelise in some form or fashion. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, I totally get it. Totally get it. Um, uh, yeah, that they're all very evil in their own separate ways. So. <laughs> but they're all hot, which, you know, I think that sure. is the beauty of it. All right, so let's talk about the Conan video. Conan Blacksmith video is what I call it. <laughs> um, so this thing really runs like a lot of different phases. So you got Conan the Blacksmith, then he is CSI Conan, then he is Breaking Bad Meth Conan because some kind of liquid comes out of something. Then it's raining. I put, what the fuck is happening? I said, why do they treat his cane like it's Excalibur's sword? Um, why oh should goodness. I said, why should anyone? And they have this like graphic that says Conan's Revenge. I said, why should anyone worry about Conan's Revenge? He can barely walk. And he can't <laughs> even do the rolling clothesline anymore. So it's like, what a waste of money this whole video was about Conan. We got bigger fish to fry. This video is absolutely ridiculous, Logan. Like, probably the most ridiculous absolutely. video I've seen in, on 18 episodes of this show. The one the week before this was even worse. It was absolutely absurd. You remember when, uh, you know, uh, AJ Styles like faked uh, joining Aces and Eights, and then they yes. gave him like that really dark theme. Yes. The, the video had that theme in it uh, last week, so it was even more absurd. Oh, I do remember that. Cause I, I do actually remember that because I went mm -hmm. back and watched it because I listened to the pod. Um, yeah. All right. And here's my last note. So we talked about Querno's cowboy hat earlier, right? Uh-huh. Why does Querno drive my uncle's farm truck to the temple? And between the <laughs> truck and the hat, why is he brought Querno? Um, it, like, they're literally going – I think they're trying to go all – I think the thing they're doing is they're going all in on the Lucha Hunter gimmick. And they're kind of showing – they're kind of tying back what a hunter in, I guess, life really is. They're typically uh, – what, what's the word I'm looking for? Redneck seems not correct. But you know what I mean? Hunters <laughs> yeah, I, have, I, like, I, a stigma. Yeah, and I yeah, think they're yeah. trying to stick that stigma into this gimmick a little bit to balance it out a little bit, which I get. But I just had big Brock Lesnar vibes during the, the driving <laughs> of the truck and the hat. Gave me Lesnar vibes. You so. wanted him to come in the temple with a uh, tractor, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I did. I wanted him to, like, pull the, push the ring over. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> remember how much I loved that main event when we were there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So yeah, those are my takes on all three. <laughs> yeah, I definitely get their Lesnar vibes with the cowboy hat and the shirt and all that. So, um, but yeah, I, yeah, that that may be what they're trying to go, go for, kind of you know broaden him to a bigger audience or make him look a little more appealing. But I mean, just get him into the hunter, like get over the fact that he's a hunter. I mean, he already wears a freaking half a deer, like a big ass deer head on his head. So let's yeah, make him look like a hunter. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we'll move from there to our next match. It's going to be Ivelisse versus Angelico with uh, Son of Havoc being the guest ref. Uh, this is a rematch of a match that happened a few weeks ago. Um, 
I, I'll I'll go ahead and off the top and say this match is way better than their last match, much more competitive. And it's way Hel- better than I expected it to be, to be honest with you. Exactly. And then Helico didn't kind of treat it like a joke like he did the first time. Um, I didn't think it was great either uh, this time either, but I thought it was much better. Um, uh, and Helico tried uh, kind of putting Ivelisse in compromising positions to kind of light a fire under Son of Havoc throughout the match. And then Hel- Havoc was trying to help her. Um, lots of no selling of knots uh, of no selling and kicks from Evil East throughout. That was pretty much all of her offense and her defense. Um, Evil East slaps Havoc at one point because he wasn't counting fast enough. Uh, and Helico then kicks Evil East in the head, aiming for Havoc and seemingly knocks her out. And Havoc fast counts because he's worried about her condition. So, uh, Sean, what do you think of this one? So I don't care about this feud at all. Um, the root being of it, I mean, this feud is based on the cucking of Son of Havoc. I mean, that's mm-hmm. really what we're doing here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Matt immediately pulls a Sean and expresses his boner for her and says she's very hot. Um, so totally pulled a Sean because he's not wrong. Um, you know, here's the thing. Remember what I said about Sexy Star and her booking in terms of the balance and trying to blend the females in with the males and yeah. how it's all supposed to be common ground? I think they've done a good job with Ivelisse here. I mean, she's pretty good in here. Um, the triple spin she does off the top, among other things. But in the in the bigger picture, though, when she's better in the ring in a match than any match I've really kind of seen Havoc in, I mean, it's probably not a fair statement to uh, make, but I'm going to remember this match with her more than I'm going to remember any of the Son of Havoc matches, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. Um, I don't like Angelico. He just seems like a douche. Like, he literally <laughs> in real life seems like a douche, and I don't like him. Um, to your point, the match wasn't great, but I thought it was solid. And um, yeah. honestly, like I said, I think I've seen more from Evil East in one match than I've seen from Sexy Star in 18 episodes. Um, and then looking at Havoc, here's the other note. Looking at Son of Havoc standing like next to Angelico, um, I did not realize Havoc was also a midget in Lucha Underground because <laughs> he is a very tiny man. Um, I did not like the I did like the ending with the kick and Havoc moving and Evil East eating shit on the kick. Um, and I think she has the right to be upset about it. Um, I would be upset, too, if I just had a better match than my boyfriend has had yet in the history of this whole entire show. Um, I think Ivelisse uh, finally made a female look like an equal in a match against a man. And the story is very mad. But you know what? I like her upside. Chances, if they do it right. And I know, historically, as time has gone on, Ivelisse has a reputation for being kind of a bitch in real life in terms of matches Mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, But I'm more into her than I am Sexy Star and uh, fucking Helico and fuck Havoc. Uh, I went two and a four. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, I, I'd probably go like two on it. Um, uh, Son of Havoc, the, his really only good performance was his uh, little sp- uh, spurt in uh, Aztec Warfare because they, they kind of showcased him for, for a little Correct. bit in there. But other than that, he hasn't had like a good match or even seemed – or he's just been treated kind of like a joke because, you know, Masquerita's beat him, Pimpinella's yeah, beat him. Yeah, he's been so a jobber. So, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. But Ivelisse, I mean, Ivelisse showed a lot of good promise in this match. Like, if she's that good, I, I wish, I mean, I, you know more than I do. I don't know what her history is into this show. Um, yeah. But I know for a fact that she shows better than uh, Sexy Star has for me so far. Yeah, that I definitely agree. That, yeah, well, the, the, like I said, these two faced each other before, and, I, and Helico kind of treated it like a joke. And I think this time they booked it a little better to where she could seem like she was – competitive and she was hanging with him and you know she ends up losing but she she hung with him the whole time and hit a bunch of moves and was yeah she looked like his equal she looked like she you know it looked like it made sense 
you know? Exactly. Exactly. Um, but we'll move from there. Uh, Mill is in the backstage looking at the, looking at a mirror. Uh, she hear, he hears Katrina's voice. Uh, she's not actually there, but he can, he can hear her and kind of see her in the mirror despite her. It's just like a vision pretty much. Um, but she reminds him of the day of the earthquake and that that's when they met. She says, Phoenix will make him that scared boy once again. That was uh, such a fa- great line. I, that, yeah. The video flashbacks in that was really cool too. Yeah. Uh, and and she she says Phoenix will make him that scared boy once again when they face each other in the match of grave consequences and locks him in a coffin of darkness. She then disappears and he just stares at his uh, rock that he has from the earthquake. Uh, I think she calls him Pasquale or whatever his real name was before uh, he becomes Mil Mortes. But uh, yeah, really good package I thought there. Uh, what do you think of that yeah, overall? So- her like randomly appearing and then disappearing and is just fantastic like in general mm-hmm. uh, but i love how she just randomly appeared here to just she just basically shows up to fuck with bills right it's like crazy mm-hmm. um, yeah. like i said she really is an evil bitch i mean there's no <laughs> doubt about it um again way too quick for me in this feud to go right into a coffin match i mean it's a feel i feel like vince russo is booking this shit because <laughs> I'm going to talk about our next match, which also seems way too quick to get to where we're at with it in terms of what the match is. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel the same with this. Like, I want more of this. I'm not ready for them to be in a coffin match. I need this to stew a little more for me, right? And I, I, I just feel like they're throwing everything boom, 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 hence my Russo reference. Um, I love the history context and the flashbacks of him as a kid um, as she's just spouting off her bullshit, like what you're seeing him as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um the last line I loved: "Death is coming for you, Mil Muertes. A thousand of them. What a fucking line! Like th- this shit is so great. I just wish it could like last longer and not go immediately into a coffin match. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, I get that a little bit, but I mean, they have faced each other like three times at this point. So I mean, you almost had to add. But a I step know, but I think but, about that. Like, yeah. so, like in a cage match, for example, and I guess I'll just spoil it now a little bit." Mm-hmm. Like when we get to the next to the main event, how many how many times have Mundo and Cuerno actually faced each other? I mean, it's been, this has been going on since Aztec Warfare, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that so, was only five episodes ago. So I know, but my like point being is when you're comparing it because you're Matt Stryker and he gets on his shit, and you're going to compare like the cage match to uh, Sawyer and Rich, which lasted for two years. You're going to compare <laughs> it to Mankind and uh, Undertaker, Hell in the Cell. And you're going to compare it to Snuka and Morocco. All those feuds lasted a long, long time before they got to those end games. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm saying is I know it was five episodes ago, but in the grand scheme of things, when it comes to wrestling storytelling to get to those kind of matches, unless you're WCW 2000, that's not what you do. So I don't know. It's just It just rubs me a little bit wrong. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to enjoy it. Yeah. It just feels too soon and rushed that I could enjoy this feud and these individuals working with each other more. I, go, mm-hmm. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think they rushed to the cage match with Cuerno and Mundo. I, I think I think a special match of some sort for uh, for uh, Mill and Phoenix was earned, but maybe maybe not quite the coffin match yet. But Just a little too know. soon for me. That's yeah, all I'm saying, no, a little too I, soon. I definitely get it, um, yeah. but they definitely needed to have some kind of specialty, like brawl or, you know, hardcore, you know. Sure, something. but they could have done something, but I would have yeah. gone right into something. I mean, and by the way, I've watched that match. That match is something. Just mm-hmm. um, the whole show at the beginning of it. With the, I mean, I'm not going to spoil it because that's Jenny and Jake get the good episodes. I get the shitty ones. But um, <laughs> I, I watched that one and, you know, it's interesting, but too soon for me. But anyway, go ahead. 
No, you're good. Um, we'll, we'll move on to the steel cage match between uh, King Cuerno and Johnny Mundo. Um, to start the match, they both attempt to ram each other into the cage, but end up having an extended uh, reversal and strike exchange that ends with a leaping knee from the top rope by Mundo. Uh, more standoffs and reversal sequence that end with a shotgun dropkick from Cuerno and a top rope splash. Cuerno then flapjacks Mundo's throat across the top bar of the cage. I thought that was a really nasty spot. Um, Cuerno then starts to use the cage as a weapon, ramming and scraping Mundo's head into it. Um, Cuerno then attempts to climb out. Johnny stops him and climbs up too. They got a battle at the top rope before falling down. Uh, big chop by Cuerno, followed by a running knee attempt, but end up nailing the side of the cage. Mundo then hits a standing twisty thing is what I called it. Cause he kind of just twists around a bunch of times. Uh, and then he kind of does like a break dance leg drop after that is what I called it. Um, back up some kicks from Cuerno, but Mundo uh, gets the favor back by hip tossing him into the cage before hitting a running knee. Uh, Mundo then rams him into the cage and then uh, gets him uh, in, in on his shoulder uh, and does it three more times. Um, Mundo then tries to uh, climb out, but Cuerno stops him with a kick uh, and then gets him in the powerbomb position and rams him into the cage and then hits a sit-out powerbomb. Cuerno then stomps him and punts him in the head. Cuerno then tries to climb and gets out, but Mundo actually grabs him by his mask, so thinking he may take his mask off. He actually kind of climbs back in and lets him pull him back in. Uh, strike exchange on the top uh, before both kind of weakly just kind of fall to the mat. They kind of just seem really worn out and both fall uh, to back to the mat. They then both take turns kind of ramming each other's heads and bodies into the cage, followed by a strike exchange that ends with Mundo hitting a spear. Mundo then climbs again. Cuerno stops him. Another strike exchange on the top with some big chops, and Mundo eventually throws him off. Mundo has the opportunity to climb out, but ends up deciding to hit the end of the world from the top of the cage, and he gets the win by pinfall uh, right then and there. So, uh, Sean, what do you think of this one? Um, okay, I'm probably going to catch a little bit of flack on this one. It's so <laughs> All right, so the the buckhead on the head pops me every time. Like, I just, yeah. what a visual. Like, the, I mean, <laughs> and, and Logan, what are the odds that we are recording this talking about uh, Cuerno, and uh, modern-day Cuerno is on my TV currently. Yeah. <laughs> I, he's currently on my what, TV. What are the screen. odds? <laughs> what are the odds of that happening at this very moment? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, okay, so a couple things with the match. I already talked about, you know, Stryker's commentary and comparing it to all these other things and how I feel like yeah. it's too soon for this cage match. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about the rest of it. I liked Mundo's top rope. Lead. He did like this top rope leap knee to Cuerno's face. I thought it looked really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the crowd chanting for Cuerno at first I thought was good, but then they kind of balanced it out a little bit. I don't know if they piped in the Mundo chance, but I love Cuerno. I think Cuerno might actually be my favorite guy on this whole show next to uh, Mills. I love Cuerno. Um, him lift, uh, Cuerno lifting Mundo up by the throat burst onto the, like he literally lifts him up and drops him throat burst on the top of the cage, which was pretty cool. Um, the cage is a little tiny, so it kind of gave you, it's not as tall, so it gave him the opportunity to do that. I thought that was a cool spot. Yeah. Um, I also like him treating Mundo's face like grated cheese and curb stopping his face into the cage. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Mundo does a really cool beel throw where it tastes into the cage and a bounce off visual I thought was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought some of the early moves into the cage um, lacked a little bit of impact as it's flimsy and due to the right pace of what they're doing, looked a little hokey sometimes because the cage isn't like that solid. It's like very bouncy. Yeah. Um, so I think some of the moves like they would do didn't have the maximum impact that I wanted. Um, 
Mondo pulling Cuerno back into the ring by his mask while Cuerno was dangling was a cool spot. Uh, the battle they have at the top rope going back and forth was good stuff. And then they fall to the ground. Then they get in on the knees and they do the same thing on the ground. Um, you kind of felt the intensity and the intensity definitely intensified um, as they took turns throwing each other around into the cage and beating the shit out of each other as he got later into the match. Uh, Mundo throwing Cuerno off the cage and Cuerno backflipping and landing face first. I thought was a really cool looking spot. Um, and then uh, the, the finishing move that Mundo won uh, leaping from the top of the cage was good. Here's the thing. The match was good, but, okay, so do you remember, so if this is supposed to be the blow-off, okay, and I don't know if it is, do you remember how I felt about the blow-off to uh, the Muertes uh, Drago feud and how I thought it was pretty underwhelming and how they ended the feud? Like, I didn't think to finish. Do you, you remember mean Cuerno how- and Drago? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Cuerno and Drago. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I meant. You remember how I felt about that? I feel the same mm-hmm. way here. Because here's the thing, it was good, um, but if this is the match ender and this is the blow-off, it's kind of mad. There's no blood, for one, right? We're in a cage. Um, yeah. I hate that Mundo one for two. Um, and, you know, I'm going to bring back a term I haven't said in a long time. I don't know if the flippity doo stuff of this show works in a cage like this in this environment for, like, kind of a blow-off to what's supposed to be an intense feud. There's a little too much flippity doo for me in the cage. I'm just going to be honest. Um, again, good match, but I've seen way better cage matches. Um, I don't know. I just, I went, I went three stars. I don't think it was that big a deal. And I think from a feud blow off standpoint, it kind of sucks as far as the anyway. Yeah. I, I, I kind of get that. I, I think they kind of good. I went three yeah. stars, but I don't like their pattern of how they're blowing off feuds because the endings feel very anticlimactic for me. I don't like it. Yeah, I, I won't say they're necessarily done with each other at this point, but I don't I don't want to say that they're necessarily like linked super hard together after this either. I, I think they I think they're involved with each other, but I don't think it's like a direct feud between. What are they two, dating? So. No, dating? Okay. Th- they may get involved in some tag stuff, is what I'm trying to say. But the, okay, so ultimately this is the blow off for the actual singles feud for their singles feud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It, it, yeah, does nothing for me. I'm sorry. Yeah, and, I, I get that. And, and and Quirino, and he Quirino is such a badass character. He mm-hmm. should not be jobbing the Mundo, and he should be he should be doing what Pent is doing and just killing motherfuckers, just like Middle <laughs> should, um, just like Cage is. The problem is they got all these really good heels, but the heels for me eclipse a lot of the baby faces. But you have to have the baby faces get some shine. But it's at the expense of some really cool badass villains that they have on this show. You know what I mean? And I love I love the heels way more than I love the faces on this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely understand that. Um, yeah, I could get with the, I, I can get with the, I, well, like, like, like we said earlier, it was rushed that it was a cage match this quickly, but the reason it was is because, you know, they kind of escaped and got counted out and stuff like that in the last match, so they needed a way to contain it. Oh, but, I get what they're going. Listen, it's yeah. not like I have a problem with the feud itself. It's just, yeah. listen, I'm an old guy, right? I like my yeah. feuds to stew a little bit before, yeah. you know, I like a little bit of foreplay before I go for broke, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, see, that's the issue with a show like this. It doesn't have, like, pay-per-views or PLEs, whatever you want to call them nowadays. So they kind of have to – I mean, and they did this very quickly. I won't say they do every feud like this, but, you know, they have to make every episode seem big. and like. Know, but look, like, we've had to deal with Puma and Conan for 18 episodes. Well, I'm like, that's, that's like, we're letting that burn this long, but we're blowing through, yeah. like, some really no, I, badass feuds with some great people. But we're going to fucking sit on that. That makes me mad. <laughs> I mean, do you understand where I'm going with that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, 
Yeah, yeah, I got you. I understand. Um, but just what were your thoughts on the episode as a whole? I think you kind of getting got it into it, but just go ahead and yeah. What, I mean, listen, it, it's yeah. it's an okay episode. I, I don't think it's terrible. I think it's kind of average, run of the mill, even though they had this cage match. But I can't help how I feel about it. I would probably go six out of ten for me. I I didn't hate it, but at the same yeah. time, nothing on here made me go, "Oh my god, holy shit, that was amazing." So. Yeah, no, I mean, I would, uh, yeah, you said you went three stars on the main event. I'd probably go the same. I do think it could have been better for sure. I I think it was still very good, like you said. Um, But yeah, six out of 10 seems about good or seems about right because it wasn't one of their, it wasn't like what I would consider like a good episode per se, but it it definitely was better than average for sure. Yeah, it wasn't bad. You know, it's just, you know, you know, the other thing, Logan, I think what this show is, you have so you have so many matches that are just so good in some mm-hmm. cases that when you get an average episode, it almost feels like a letdown, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's the problem with having a show like this where everything is usually really good. When you have an average episode, you feel like you're let down. And keeping, I'm just curious how this plays out because what is it? Where we got four seasons of this? Mm-hmm. It's gonna yeah. be interesting because I it's just it's just so it's just such like a cocaine driven show. Um, <laughs> So when the blow is gone and you got to come off of it a little bit, it feels yeah. a little like a letdown. You know what I mean? To kind of do a comparison. Not that I've ever done any of that, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they tape so many in a day when the cocaine uh, go- goes away from the writing table. They have to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, they have to They have to actually book without it. Um, right. But we'll move to episode 19 from there. Um, we open with highlights of Dario's relationship with the crew and their treachery towards Rick throughout the ah, months and weeks. That. Uh, as well as the Arrow, Star, and Drago uh, best of five that we've seen so far. And then we get highlights of Katrina's words for both Phoenix and Mill from last week. Our female singer is once again with us, kind of welcomes us in once again. And speaking of Drago and Arrow, Star, they are our opening match. Um, we get a good little back and forth to start with both ending up on top in two separate exchanges. Uh, Stryker mentions Magnum TA versus Nikita Koloff here to pop you, of course. Um, talks about their best best series, best of series. Okay, so that uh, would be my that would be the ne- I, I I referred to this earlier. These motherfuckers, like just like he's gonna compare this to like an all time TA Nikita kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's not the same thing, Stryker. I, I <laughs> God, I fucking hate him. <laughs> I knew I knew that would either pop or make you extremely. Oh no, angry, it made so. me it made me very angry. <laughs> but I had to I had to mention it because I definitely. No, I took a note of it too. So you're yeah. you're good. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Drago locks in one of his unique submissions and wrenches it in, but Arrow is able to get to the rope. Arrow hits a unique roll up uh, of his own uh, and gets a pin attempt, but only gets two. Uh, another reversal exchange ending with a leg sweep and an Alabama slam by Drago. Arrow then uh, the Arrow then throws off uh, Drago. He starts kind of running around the ring uh, and is able to cut him off with a kick to get the advantage back. He follows that uh, in the ring with a senton splash. Drago then blocks a kick, and then both men run to the ropes and hit a double cross body. Uh, the two then have an exchange with Arrow uh, hitting a kick on the apron and hitting a springboard drop kick and a springboard drop trust fall uh, from there. Uh, Arrow then goes for a baseball slide but drago evades it and hits a hanging ddt i thought that was pretty sick um drago then hits a torture rack into a swinging slam i thought that was a really cool move as well uh they then uh, they then back to are on the top rope and uh drago ends up dangle kind of dangling uh, and then uh, arrow hits him with the double foot stop on the hardest part of the ring 
Um, back in Arrow, goes for a springboard dive uh, that got him the win last week, uh, but misses. Drago then evades a charge, which uh, results in Arrow falling to the floor. Uh, Air, uh, and then Drago hits a corkscrew dive to the outside. A strike exchange leads to Drago hitting a running powerbomb, uh, but only gets two. Uh, then goes to the top rope, but is cut off. Arrow goes to the top rope on the other side of the ring, tight ropes across, hits a top rope Rana, and then his big splash to gain yet another victory. So he is up two to one in the best of five. So, uh, Sean, what do you think of this? Okay. So you already, I won't shit on Matt Stryker anymore because you already covered that. Um, <laughs> I did enjoy the mat work early with uh, Drago um, with the Indian death lock. That was kind of cool, like the mat work with that and what they were doing with that. I like, um, I love the chasing around the ring and how they were sliding through it and arrow like nailing Drago with a knee on one slide on a chase. That was pretty cool. The springboard coffin drop by arrow was pretty sick. Um, I like the Drago top hanging rope DDT that you talked about. Um, and an arrow, the top rope double stomp on the hardest part of the ring. I made the note, Logan. Hardest part go. of the ring. I thought that ruled. Uh, Matt, on commentary, makes a nutsack reference when, <laughs> when he says, oh, uh, Vamp- Vampiro says something about nuts um, on a stomach kick. And Matt makes some kind of nutsack reference. So I don't know what the context was for that. Um, a nice rope walk, Hurricanrana by Aerostar that I led to the finish. Okay, so the match was good, right? And I know the stakes is one of them will get one of... They will get an opportunity, right? I know that's how they said it. opportunity. Yes. But why do I care besides, you know, the fact that I will really like these matches? Um, But, again, I'm not going to shit on this too much. The match was good. Um, But I got to get out of my mindset that Aerostar is no longer a jobber. um, And that's at the stake of Drago, who I really like. Um, I actually went three and a quarter stars. The match is really, really good. Um, Nothing was terrible. Um, and I could probably go higher, but I feel like if I go higher, um, I'd be setting a like high expectation what I would expect for the rest of the series. So I went that's that was my that was my score. I mean, you gave two five stars on one episode. So yeah, I know. But I, I yeah, yeah, but the one five star with the one five star deserted. The other one certainly did not. <laughs> no, I, I got you. I'm just playing. I, I would go three and a half. I'd go slightly higher. Um, I, I just think these guys have really good chemistry. They do a lot of good. Oh, stuff. no doubt. No doubt. Um, yeah, I, I do understand, you know, up to this point, Aerostar has been kind of treated as like part of one of the six man teams that always loses. So um, definitely understand your point of view from that. Um, but yeah, I, I think, like I said, they just have a ton of chemistry with each other and Drago and Aerostar are just incredibly talented. So um, I can't say I remember what the unique opportunity is that uh, whoever wins this eventually gets. So I, I am interested to see kind of what uh, the winner eventually gets out of this. So uh, we will see. Uh, when we get to that, but uh, I think I think the first and this match were better than the middle match. I think the middle match we were kind of disappointed in. I think it just didn't hit as much as it, like, I, I feel like this one did and the first one did, so um, I'm glad they kind of got back on track. Yeah, um, the match was good. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed the match. I thought it was, I thought they did, I thought they were fantastic together. I'm just, I'm not invested in this as, like, a best of five because mm-hmm. I don't understand why it's a best of five with the fact that they just want to give us good matches. You know what I mean? I got to be like for something like that. Again, it's burning through a stipulation that for my history of being a wrestling fan, you're burning. You're coming to the conclusion of a feud when you do something like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and like, I think it kind of hinges on whatever the unique opportunity is, because if it's something big, then obviously it'll be worth it. Uh, but a night with Katrina, I'd be in. You know? <laughs> We'll see. Uh, she does seem to flip from man to man, so you'll we never know. Um, 
But after this, we get an absolutely another ridiculous uh, oh. package. Uh, this one is about chess and war kind of being the same. Uh, this one actually ends with uh, him and Puma kind of talking about uh, war and all that war has has to end uh, common with chess and stuff like that. So um, he actually asks Puma a question, and of course, no answer. Uh, just sits there kind of quiet. So. I think it was a rhetorical question, so he wasn't really supposed to answer it. But, yeah, just an absolutely uh, ridiculous uh, package for Conan once again. Um, so, just absurd. Uh, what do yeah. you think of that one? <laughs> okay. So, we went through all the other career choices he made in the last video we talked about. So, now he's a ch playing chess. And why he's playing chess, uh, all these people are getting beat up in the video by a bunch of thugs. And then... My other question is, why does Conan get cool video promos, and why is he beating up all these guys when he's literally one step away from a wheelchair? Like, they make him look like such a badass, And but, I mean, I, I just don't know why we're investing this much in Conan. Like, yeah. are they trying to, like, prepare for us that they're going to build up to Conan versus Puma? Because, God help me, I don't want to see that ever in my life. Um, and then Puma says nothing. So, unlike, so you know how I said that they've really slow built this one? Like, into, mm -hmm. like they this one has gone on too long, because... I don't care about Conan. I don't. And so I wish they would invest the time they have in this little thing into some of the other stuff we talked about tonight. Cause Conan, God, he fucking sucks. And they're investing way too much money in these videos and God, fuck Conan. All right. No. Yeah, I definitely get it. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't like that. They've been and, and, you know, had this much time put into uh, a Conan storyline. So I definitely understand any and all hatred. But it's uh, about Puma that. ultimately, and he doesn't yeah. say anything. He looks like a dope. Yeah, he kind. Of, yeah, he does definitely need to talk sometimes soon because he definitely does kind of. Does he ever talk, cool. Logan? Do we ever get to that point? Please give me hope. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he eventually talks. I don't know when it happens for sure, but I, I'm pretty sure he eventually cuts some promos. So, um, Samantha Mathis come out and say Puma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but we'll move on from there to our no DQ elimination match. It is going to be Big Rick versus. <laughs> Sorry, I, we got to talk about it. Um, but the crew of uh, Mr. Cisco, uh, Cortez Castro, and Bale. Um, Rick throwing big haymakers to start, uh, but the numbers game uh, quickly takes over. They get Rick into the corner and hit their series of moves, uh, their series of attacks in the corner that apparently is called the treatment. Uh, that's that's what uh, Stryker lets us know. Um, a, a DDT double foot stomp combo by uh, Castro and Cisco. I thought that was a pretty cool double team. Uh, they then set up a chair in the corner, but Cisco ends up getting sent into it. And then Castro uses the kendo stick but has no effect. Uh, Rick then grabs it and starts teeing off on all of them. He hits an elevated spine buster to eliminate Bale. Cisco and Castro then try to get the momentum back, but get a double suplex for their troubles. Uh, Rick then grabs the kendo stick and uses it uh, to make a clothesline even more brutal. He kind of like just bridges it across his arm and nails him with a clothesline with the kendo stick attached. Um, and that uh, eliminates Castro. Uh, Cisco then tries to run away, but Sexy Star comes out at the top of the stairs uh, and kind of attacks him and throws him back in. Uh, big right hand followed by some big shots uh, to a busted open head. Uh, Uranagi onto a folded chair, and that gets the win and the revenge that Rick wanted. So Rick defeats the crew on a, in a three-to-one elimination match. So what do you think of this one? Before I started this one, I just now realized that um, 
our main event tonight I thought was on the episode after this one. So I'm glad that I uh, made a reference to that and we get to talk about that match tonight. Just FYI. <laughs> um, yep. Anyway, um, so listen, <laughs> they promote this. So you'll know this is the inside joke. So they literally do the promo for the three-on-one with Rick. And then uh, the note I made is I get ready to do my 10-second Apple remote skip for this match. <laughs> uh, so uh, so here's your TNA reference, Logan. You ready for this? Sure. <laughs> the, the Lucha Baldies, the crew, are like the naturals to me. Because even if I could remember who they are, I don't care. So I can't even tell them apart sometimes. I have to yeah, like because I don't care. They're like the naturals. Um, like I'm gonna need some kind of reference point to make me remember who the fuck they are, but I don't care enough to care who they are. Um, Vampiro, um, in every crew match, he has to get in his prison rape uh, references. I don't know if you caught that, but he did it again tonight. Um, Rick is my new favorite face after all the cane shots to the Baldies. Um, there's a good power spot where Rick does suplex on both the Baldies at the same time. Um, Rick with the patch looks like Nick Furry on copious amounts of steroids. Mm-hmm. Um, Star is here, and again, I hate this. Uh, the slam through the chair I thought was really gross, and I think broke. But I think Rick actually broke a baldy back. Um, <laughs> and then they like immediately like they, they get to the finish and they immediately get out of dodge and pimp the main. Um, this match wasn't terrible, um, but I just don't care. Um, mm. But I could watch Rick beating up people as much. I mean, I don't mind watching him beat up people, but. This feud, I hope, is over. I don't really understand what the point uh, was of having Rick face Sexy Star if he was just going to go in and beat all three of the crew by himself. Like, really bad booking. Like, this this is shit. Um, I went one and three quarters. Um, yeah, please tell me this is over because I, I can't do this. <laughs> okay, I think this feud is over. What if I told you the crew becomes even more hateable? Well, the fact that they're still on the show makes it even more hateable. So, thanks for the hope. Oh, I, I, just, please don't turn these into like, don't turn this into like the three live crew of uh, Lucha Underground for me, please. <laughs> please don't do that. Let, let's just say they get a new leader before the end of the end of the season, and uh, he is not. Can we, somebody... can we do an exit lane on this show like we do on Highway? <laughs> We could do our best, <laughs> All right, okay. but yeah, I'd, I'd probably go two on. I thought Rick hit some pretty sick moves. Um, so oh. I, I liked his part of it for sure. Um, like, Rick, like I want, honestly, I mean, because I like big men slapping meat, Rick versus cage should happen at some point. I don't know if it does, but that seems like a natural thing they should make happen to me. Oh yeah. Yeah. Him and him and cage, him and mill would be pretty sick. So yeah. Anyway. Uh, so if it happens great, but don't spoil it. If yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I thought the match was all right. Uh, you know, I, I didn't think it was ever going to be anything special, but you know, I thought some of the moves they hit were pretty sick. So I'll, I'll give it to that. Um, but we uh, cut to uh, the commentary table. They were they tell us uh, they they announce a couple of matches: uh, Alberto versus Tejano in a bull rope match for the AAA Mega Championship, and uh, Puma versus Cage in a Boyle Heights Street Fight for the Lucha Underground Title. So two big title matches next week. Um, I mean, one. What you mean? You mean one? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> two big matches uh, with stipulations next week for uh, the big titles that we have here, um, and I think we actually get our new Lucha Underground Championship after that match next week. So uh, we will uh, get spoiler alert. Yes, we do because I watched it by accident. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, as Sean's eating his nuts. Um, <laughs> I am. Sorry about that. I should go on mute. <laughs> um, but. Uh, before the a main event, which is which is next, we get kind of a Day of the Dead type ceremony as some 
I guess, druids or whatever you want to call them, bring the coffin out and kind of set it next to the ring. Um, I thought that was really cool, really cool touch. Um, just, I, I'll go to you. What did you think of this little ceremony that they did? And what did you think of the matches they kind of announced for next week? So I said, uh, great. So the matches, okay. So correct me if I'm wrong, but literally we just had Tahano and we, th- these guys have just debuted, right? Mm-hmm. Literally. So we're immediately going to go to a triple A bullet match for the title immediately. No context. They've had one match already on the show. One, right? Well, and, I mean, they have a built-in rivalry from triple A. I think that. Yeah, but I don't know that as someone that's watching Lucha Underground for the first time, <laughs> and I don't care. Yeah. I don't want to see a bull rope match with these guys. I have no. I don't. Um, Cage versus Puma, Boyle Heights Street Fight, probably has the possibility to be pretty good. Now I won't spoil it because I've watched it but it has the possibility to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the presentation of this coffin thing, uh, I love the skull painted peeps carrying out the coffin. So I would probably say 1999 Vampiro must've had booked that because that's kind of what his gimmick was with the skulls and everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like, <laughs> and then they made a comment. I think I don't remember. It was, I think it was uh, Vampiro or it was Matt that talked about um, in, after they take the coffin, they do a picnic on the grave. I don't know if you caught that, but that yeah. was, I mean, these bookers on some crazy shit, man. I mean, just absolutely crazy shit. But that's my take right now. I got you. Yeah, they they talk about the Dia de los Muertes, Day of the Dead kind of stuff, and how it's a big ceremony and a ritual and kind of a tradition. I mean, I know when I go to funerals, I take a picnic basket and I sit yeah. out. And I, I'll, I'll eat my peanut butter and jelly sandwich and my potato chips. I don't know. <laughs> Sean's a big uh, Coco fan from uh, Disney Pixar, so <laughs> yeah, uh, I've never seen it, but I know the reference. <laughs> I got you. Well, I appreciate that you get the reference. Um, mm-hmm. anyways, but that all leads to our our main event tonight, which is Grave Consequences uh, between Phoenix and Mil Muertes. Uh, Mill immediately dives out at Phoenix, which I thought was a great way to start the match. Um, starts roughing him up uh, early on. Uh, Phoenix uses his quickness to evade some strikes and hits a big dive to the outside. When they get to their feet, uh, Mill continues beating down Phoenix, even uh, even with the coffin props. There's like a wreath and stuff around it, and just some like uh, decorations around and on the on the coffin. He uses those to kind of attack him with. Uh, Phoenix then gets a better of a strike exchange and hits a DDT on top of the coffin. I thought that was pretty sick. Uh, he then goes for a suicide dive, but Muertes lifts the coffin up, and Phoenix actually goes head first into it. I thought that was a cool spot as well. Uh, Mill then takes one of the turnbuckles and bashes uh, Phoenix expo- exposed part of his mask and head uh, and busts him open, starts choking him. So, like, at this point, he has ripped, like, almost his entire mask off. So you can pretty much see Phoenix's face. Uh, they do a pretty, pretty good job. That was of- pretty bad. Like, that, the intensity that wasn't in the steel cage, that kind of shit, like, pops, yeah. right? That was really badass with the mask thing, for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think they do a pretty good of got good job of masking his identity. I get not that you would recognize him, but uh, I, I think I think that while exposing most of his face with the attacks and stuff like that, I, I thought they did a pretty good job there. Um, they then battle up to the steps and onto the platform as they both try to slam each other to the floor, which would have been sick. Uh, but then Muertes actually throws uh, Phoenix down the bleachers where the fans are sitting. Uh, he then power bombs Phoenix onto the announce table. I uh, made a pretty sick thud. Uh, Muertes then gets the coffin in the ring, uh, scores with a belly to belly onto it, 
Uh, Mill then bites his expo bites uh, Phoenix's exposed forehead. Another gross spot. Uh, Phoenix then hits a desperation super kick, goes to the top rope, but gets cut off with a code breaker. They then uh, battle to the back into the crowd. Um, gross uh, wooden chair spots by both guys. They have like these really hard wooden chairs, and they both hit each other with them. Uh, some pretty sick spots. Um, Swan Swanton dive uh, from the crowd by Phoenix onto Mill. Uh, nasty reverse whip into the barricade by Mill, uh, where he continues to slam his head into the barricade. Um, more desperation super kicks by Phoenix, uh, followed by a moonsault from the barricade. Uh, these two, they, these two are uh, so so worn out that they are flailing at each other at this point with strikes. They, they're kind of worn out and just, you know, they're throwing whatever energy they have left into the, some punches. Uh, Muertes accidentally clotheslines Katrina at one point uh, and seems to kind of feel bad about it for a second, opening the door for Phoenix to hit another desperation strike. Uh, more biting for Mill after that. Katrina then opens, uh, Katrina then gets up and opens the coffin. Uh, well, they actually haven't opened the coffin at all to this point. So I thought that was pretty good that they didn't go uh, after that like spot for, to get the win the whole time. I think it's kind of good that they kind of saved it for the end. Um, Phoenix then hits the series of quick strikes and ascends to the top rope where he hits a double foot stomp to the spine and Mill falls into the coffin. Katrina then licks the stone and throws it in with Mill and slams the lid shut. So Phoenix wins grave consequences and uh, Mill is buried with his stone. So uh, all told, what'd you think of that, uh, Sean? So, uh, you know, listen, this match is something it's definitely – I mean, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's a it's a really good match to watch. Uh, so, Logan, um, I'm going to start with the commentary. Um, so, first off, did you know that spring means rebirth in life? I, I did not know that. Uh, I'm sure Stryker told us that more than once, though. So, this will be one of the many references that, as history has shown, and I know Jake has brought it up, that Matt Stryker wants to make sure that we all understand the gimmick of a phoenix is his fourth to reborn. So the spring means rebirth in life would be the first of that tonight. Um, Vampiro has been in a vampire cult his whole life. Um, and it's really fucked up way of life. That was the next piece he brought up. Uh, there was a, there was a great DDT on the coffin. Uh, Phoenix. Here's the next one. Phoenix is a bird of prey in black. That's coming. I don't know what the point of context was for that, but apparently he's a bird of prey in black and he's going to come. Um, Love Mills. There, so it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So um, I love Mills lifting the coffin and the Phoenix face on a dive. Uh, you brought up the Phoenix Max ta- uh, torn, which was really good. Um, and he's just bleeding. So there's a real good visual. And again, I wish that like steel cage match had been that way. Um, Vampiro gets a verbal boner, wanting more of a Phoenix getting his ass kicked. I'm there with them because I thought that was really good. Uh, the fight at the top of the stage and Phoenix getting thrown into the wall is amazing. The crowd losing it is good. Uh, the power bomb to the table to Phoenix that doesn't break is sick. The overhead suplex to Phoenix on the coffin is gross. Uh, Katrina being the no emotionless kind of, I don't want to be rude, but kind of the slutty, like no emotion, doesn't give a fuck about any <laughs> of these guys is kind of hot. Um, this would be like the kind of girl that you would make bad choices for and regret it later, but not care in the moment. That's how I would put it. Um, Matt, <laughs> uh, yeah, Matt with more Phoenix Rise references. Uh, there's a top rope running code breaker by Mills. Um, Striker, line of the night, and I'm going to give Striker props to this, and I don't know if you caught this, Logan. He popped me because he basically says, 
The temple is a dirty toilet, and the diseases mm-hmm. Phoenix will catch all blood, as bloody as he is, he will catch a lot of diseases fighting through the arena, which basically he's inferring that he'll get hepatitis in the temple. So I don't know how you felt about that, but I thought for a change, Stryker actually made me laugh and made a good reference <laughs> that I got. I don't know how you felt about that. No, yeah, I definitely heard him call it uh, dirty or something to that effect. Yeah, I, I basically, yeah, my perception was he said, dirty temple, uh, dirty toilet, you will get hepatitis. That's how I, that's how I took it. Uh, Phoenix does a great senton off the star, star uh, stair rails and a backflip off the same rail. Uh, Katrina, like you said, brought, got hit by a Mills clothesline. Um, and then uh, Matt, th- th- that clothesline actually has Stryker blurred out a no shit, which I thought that was pretty funny. Um, Katrina opens the coffin and then... You're wondering, and so are the announcers. They're wondering, who is she going to be helping? So at this point, I thought she was going to swerve Phoenix, to be honest. I thought she was going to go with Mills. Um, but that doesn't happen. Uh, she, he, 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 there's a double stomp off the top rope to Mills. It puts him in the coffin. Katrina licks the stone and throws it in and closes the coffin. The succession of death, death takes the coffin out. Uh, Mills, and then there's a comment. Here we go again. Mills' death may be Phoenix's rebirth, and Katrina walks out with the coffin parade. Um, so that was something, I guess for me, um, again, this feud and the Katrina turn on Mills and siding with Phoenix is so sudden. Um, and I, I have a hard time this being the type of match at this point in the feud, right? It's like, for me, it's like Arrow and Drago being the best out of five. They're not in that yet. And again, yeah. the slow burns they have done with Conan and Puma, um, which is one I don't want them to burn slowly. Um, they're burning through every other feud super fast for me. Um, but here's the deal. Makes for a great TV and matches. But again, the 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 quick burn kind of takes me back a bit. But this yeah. match is ridiculous. It's a great watch. The story is intriguing. And I really hope this is not the end of it. Because even though this is supposed to be like a blow-off type match, I think there's more here. And I really like this feud in general. Um, and the Katrina stuff is great. So my rating might surprise. Um but again, I brought it up earlier. I need to be more invested in a feud versus feeling like I snorted a bunch of cocaine. And here we are putting people in coffins after a few weeks of snorting. Um, I went three and a quarter. I could easily go four, but I'm not going to. Um, but I could give it an extra quarter stars because Katrina, no emotion hotness I'm here for. But I went three and a quarter stars. This match is definitely something worth watching because it's unique. It's bloody and it's just good. And Again, it's just it's too early for me for this to be a part of the feud. That's my problem. So that's my take. Yeah, I, I definitely get where you're coming from. I, I would go four on it because I thought it was really well, I th- really well done. I thought well, I was... easily could too. That's my yeah. point. But I kind of took off a little bit for my feels on going through it fast. But yeah, very good brawl. I went all around the temple. You know, just beat the crap out of each other. The you know, taking the turnbuckle off and beating him over the head with it, tearing his mask, bloodying him up. Yeah, it's um, so good. It's just, just, it just hit all the spots for me. Um, not, you know, not quite five stars, but I, I don't expect a ton of, you know, a ton of these matches to get. But to it was way better than the cage match. Way better. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, way, yeah, mountains higher than the than the cage match for sure. Um, but yeah, just a very well done match. Uh, I think both guys look great coming out of it, and, uh, you know. Katrina doesn't necessarily walk out with Phoenix either. So we don't really know where her, yeah. where, where she's going. If she's out for her. Yeah. She walks out without. Yeah. And by the way, another thing, I don't like Quirino losing. Like we've now had two of our villains in mm-hmm. two episodes lose to the faces and blow offs. I don't like that. Yeah. 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 I, I understand that as well. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I, I think Phoenix kind of had to win. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Mill could have used he did Okay, but if he had the win, then that means in the other one, who should have won? Not Mundo. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I guess it should have been kind of a give or take, not have both your one of your both your top top heels lose in back to back blow off matches. Yeah, 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 that 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 probably could have been booked a little better for sure. I, I mean, I think Cuerno could have won and Mundo wouldn't have been hurt by it at all. So I think that could yep. have been definitely a way you could have gone with that. Um, yep. But we'll move on to awards and kind of wrap this up. Uh, you didn't, you, so you didn't oh, ask me what my rating was. Thoughts. Yeah, episode thoughts. Sorry. So I would go seven out of ten on this one. This again, um, it's obviously better than the last episode just because of the main event. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does have a lot. And by the way, also, you know what? I'll probably go seven and a half because Drago versus Aerostar is pretty good too. Yeah. Um, it had Rick versus crew that I didn't give a shit about, but pretty two really, really good matches and entertaining matches. So um, yeah, I'll go. That's what I'll go with way higher than the last episode. Seven and a half out of 10. Yeah. yeah. I'll go seven and a half as well. I thought it was really well done. The opener was good. Main event was good. Uh, I, I liked the middle match just because I like seeing Rick dominate those guys, but yeah, um... Yeah, definitely a very, very good episode. Um, but now we'll go to awards. Uh, match of the night, I, I'd go Great Consequences. Is that what you would go? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yep. 100%. Um, what would be your moment of the night? I almost feel like it's a double standard to say this because I hate him so much. But I really like Stryker. Calling the temple like basically a dirty toilet where you're gonna catch a disease. I can't like that 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 comment popped me so much way more than it should have, but in context it made total sense because oh it's supposed to be underground, it's supposed to be dirty, it's supposed to be gritty, and I think that's probably the best thing he's ever said on commentary in 19 episodes. So uh, that'll be the verbal what I'll say is that's probably the verbal moment of the night for me. I'll leave it at that. Um as far as the moment of the night, oh man. Um I really, really, really – well, you're going to go to the video of the night, so that's different. God, there's so many. Um, uh, I mean, you can pretty much pick anything that was just ridiculous in the main event. I'm trying to think of what one popped me the most, and I can't really pick one because there was so much in it. Um, oh, you know what? Probably the um, – the, oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it's all – I can't – there's so much to pick from in these episodes. Like this match has so much to pick from, but it's something in this match, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually went with the uh, end of the world off the top of the cage by Mundo. I thought that was a pretty cool way to end that. Yeah, the fact that um, you picked Mundo, you just lost me. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. That's yeah, um, all right. You're but, gonna uh, you're gonna you're gonna pull the Mundo Jeff Hardy gimmick on this episode, so it's okay. It's all good. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but favorite cinematic scene, I just went with the combination of Katrina's warnings to Mill and Phoenix, kind of the, her talking to them. I, I did. I, I know they're two separate ones, but I kind of merged them and picked that. Yeah, um, I went with uh, the one with Mills alone just because of the because of like the flashbacks, why she's talking to him. And at the mm-hmm. end is like, you're going to die a thousand deaths to the man whose gimmick that is. I just think she, she is so good on this show. Um and again, it's not because she's hot, but her character that she plays, she plays it to the tilt, and she's really, really good in the role. Yep, one hundred percent. But who would be your top three, and who would be your MVP for tonight? Oh boy, this is hard. Um, top three would be Querno. Um, 
and it's hard because I would say Mundo, but I'm going to go with Cuerno, Mills, and Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And my MVP, actually, you know, it might be Katarina because she has been stirring this storyline in the direction it went into. And she's kind of like the, she's almost like your main character that's leading to what we're going to. And even though she's not in the match herself, I think mm-hmm. what she has done in presentation to build us up to what this match was tonight, that's all about her. And she has done a really good job of teasing both of them, uh, messing with both of them. And I'm going to go with her. I think Katarina, regardless, again, I'm taking away my hot feels. I think as a character, she is really stirred and led really, really. Yeah, I got you. Um, my, my top three in MVP, I would go Phoenix, Mill, and uh, Penta. Uh, and I actually went with uh, Phoenix as my MVP. So That's, uh, I mean, it's fine. I mean, it's yeah, I get it. Yeah, he he was he stood out to me uh, a lot, and he won that main event. So um, I, I definitely would go with him uh, as my MVP. But um, that'll wrap and, up. And my exit lane would be. Oh, I'm sorry, wrong pod. Uh, <laughs> wrong pod. <laughs> um, but we uh, we will go to plugs now. What, what you got to plug, John? Uh, the main one, obviously, um, actually, probably the only main pod I do right now is territorial here on Noso, where um, I go back. Um, for the most part, I've done it solo. At some point, I do plan on getting people on to do it. But um, where I go back and I look at kind of like the territory days and a feud or um, a moment or something like that, that um, is in the history books of, you know, usually it's in the 80s, mid 80s, early 80s um, and talk about it. And part of the pod is I pull video clips and then I kind of talk through what's going on, like what started it the history of it, the end game of it. And it's just a really fun pod to do. The the one that uh, just dropped recently was uh, when Ric Flair went to Memphis uh, to wrestle Jerry Lawler. And it was the only time Ric Flair ever appeared on TV in Memphis in uh, CWA, which was Jerry's home promotion. So that was the last one. So uh, give that one a listen. That's a lot of fun to do. Yeah, it was a very good episode. Listen to it the other day, so uh, definitely check that out. Um, and hopefully, Sean will be on uh, Highway and YouTube Roulette with us. No, no, I do plan on. Point. I think you and I talked last night when we were supposedly going to record this pod, uh, <laughs> Breaking Kayfabe, mm-hmm. uh, that I think I found some different ways to try to get on more often than I have been, for sure. So. Gotcha. Um, but I, I'll plug those two shows. Highway uh, to the Impact Zone. We're headed towards No Surrender 2006. Um, we're headed towards a big debut that will be coming up pretty soon. We've been talking about it for a while. Um, but we'll finally get to see that that is announced at that paper. And I hopefully I'll get to be on that one for sure. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but we have that one coming up. Um, YouTube Roulette, we did an episode. Uh, we kind of picked a bunch of big boy matches for Thanksgiving, you know. Slot, fat, slovenly, big guys. Ooh, uh, I love the fat slot meat. Yeah, so uh, we, we picked some big boy matches uh, for the, the Thanksgiving episode. But uh, I think Matt has something cooked up for our uh, Christmas episode, so uh, we'll see what, uh, what what he comes up with uh, in, his, uh, <laughs> in his evilness that he has uh, working working with that <laughs> one. So. Um, and then talking docs here on North South Connection, we talk about documentaries. Uh, My Octopus Teacher just came out. Uh, that's with Roger and Jenny. So uh, I think we have a couple more uh, nature animal type documentaries, and then we'll move on to one of our, our next. Uh, uh, our next category will be that we'll kind of dive into. Um, but thank you for joining us as always, and we will see you next time we enter the temple. Bye. Bye.